0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Smart Cities Chronicles, your podcast to everything smart cities action, investment and outcomes. My name is Adam Beck, I'm Executive Director of the Smart Cities Council and your host for the Chronicles and I'd like to welcome you to episode 89 today. Joining us as part of a series of interviews around Digital Twin, we have joining us today Graham Henderson. Who is Global Practice Director at GHD Digital? Graham, thanks so much for joining us today. No problem, Adam. Nice to nice to be here. Graham, I'd like to start with our first question that we always do. Our listeners are scattered all over the world. Who are you and what do you do? So, yeah, Graham Henderson. I'm based in based in Melbourne.
1: I'm, I work with a company called GHD. We're a large uh, multi-disciplined technical services organization. We work across most of the aspects of the infrastructure industry globally, and we have quite, quite a depth in digital technology, as well as all of the other sciences you would expect to be associated with the delivery of infrastructure services in, uh, for, for GHD. I also lead what's called Infrastructure 4, which is how we are bringing to bear the capabilities of the entire organisation in a digital framework to help both our clients and our own organisation transform and become a dynamic part of of the future of our industry.
0: Graham, thanks for the intro. Can I actually ask a question, reflecting back on your career, how and when did digital and infrastructure come together for you
1: yeah certainly Adam, i, I think i mean I've, I've worked in a few different industries I've, and i've worked on the operations side manufacturing side as well as in in the consulting side and i've worked in uh, the chemicals and mining and um, oil and gas and then into the infrastructure space I think if you look back over time, the rise of digital technology has has gone through various industries over time. Infrastructure is one of the later industries for it to come to. And I think it's really it's accelerating in this industry now. And for me, I've moved into the infrastructure industry in the last five years and uh, bring to that um, a background over Quite a, quite a period of time of, of technology and digital implementation in a number of allied industries. Uh, and here we are now in infrastructure doing, doing something
0: similar. Yeah, absolutely. I was, wow, when was it? I was at GHD for about six years in the late 90s, I think, if I can try and pin it to an era. There was certainly no GH digital back then, Um, certainly, you know, infrastructure and of course, water, very strong in water, GHD as a pedigree. So probably my first question goes to sort of that role that digital and data now plays within the organisation, Graham, and and how that is now advanced through your services and products and other offerings, Your, your global lead for that what uh, you mentioned in infrastructure 4.0 would love to hear a little bit more about that what is now the role of digital and data in your services
1: yeah it's it's an interesting question because it, adam because if you, you know as you as you well know the engineering uh, industry has long used uh, digital technology to deliver its day-to-day services and and, and to, to to some extent, uh, the engineering industry has rearchitected many industries before this. You know, it, it's not hard to think back to manufacturing as an industry that has gone through an enormous digital revolution, much of which was brought about by the application of engineering approaches, engineering technology to things. So, you know, as an organisation today, GHD has. Um, about 50 odd technical service lines so each of those technical service lines represents a technology if you like that delivers a service to a to a client and all of them use digital tools however what's different now is the is the advent i think of the, the you know the low cost of acquiring data the ability to assemble many data sets to address client issues that you couldn't previously do at a reasonable cost. And, and also the ch- changing the way that the services are delivered, changing the commercial models that play into that space. So it would be fair to say that as an organization, we're going through the transition of ha- how do you um, apply that thinking to both within the service activity itself, but also to how you interface with your clients. and then what does that actually mean for our clients and how do they in turn you know implement technology that helps to actually improve the performance of their business? So it's not just the uh, transformation that occurs inside our business but it's a transformation that occurs inside of our clients business and when you put both sides of that together, you should be able to have line of sight through what you're providing to a client and what a client wants, or have a line of sight from what a client wants back into what you're providing as an organisation. And I suppose to just to that sub question you asked about uh, in, infrastructure for the the thinking behind that, Adam, is that you actually enable yourself to reflect the needs of your client in the service you provide by looking. At the functional areas that are most important to the business outcome for a client, and start to assemble what you might think of as um, small twins, maybe in that in that world, that actually help to meet the specific business needs of a client. So what we would what we um, focus on is understanding those business needs and prioritising those, and then building that building that architecture digital architecture combined with domain knowledge of our organisation into what we would think of as an integrated integrated solution. And, and when I talk about integrated solution, I don't mean strictly in a digital sense only. I actually mean all of those multiple technologies you combine together to create the fit-for-purpose solution for a, for a client.
0: Graeme, I would imagine that in that evolution of your services and offering Mm -hmm. staff and the talent and expertise and skills needed has obviously evolved over time can you share a little bit about how you've had to sort of you know from a human resources perspective equip yourself with the right talent to be able to service those clients and the and, and those new Demands that are coming through around digital and data. How's the journey been? Has it been easy? Have you had to go out and, and, and head to the marketplace and find new people, additional skills, train up others? How have you been able to resource this?
1: Yeah, I, I think um, that's part of the that's part of the transformation for our industry. Um, I think about it as um, you know, we're in this space of converging technologies you know you've got it and ot converging of course but 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 equally you have all those other technologies that, that sit within an organisation like ours which start to blend together and you start to realise that there are dependencies between them as well so that you can't you can't do something in a say an environmental area that doesn't have an impact on something perhaps in the the construction area or in the design area or something like that so there are a lot of these data sets are shared but the thinking is shared as well so when you think about people you actually need to find people who themselves are have that mindset which is which which I would call you know like an integrator's mindset the people who can actually live in more than one domain and start to pull these things together and those people are they're very hard to find uh, you can you can grow them as well but they can be naturally occurring, yeah. and so you know, actively finding those people and seeing them as um, uh, as key hires is is certainly the 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 process that we've gone through as we as we start to build our capability. And it's a, this will be a journey. It's it's going to go on. Um, I mean, we're we're kind of at the beginning, I think, of that um, of that evolution.
0: Evolution, I think, is uh, is the, is the right word for it. Mm. My second question, Graham, this one is around the Digital Twin Challenge, which is a program and initiative that we have on at the Smart Cities Council at the moment, and many of our listeners won't um, know a lot of detail around it, but they can head to the Digital Twin Hub to find out more, so digitaltwinhub.global, but in short... We have 17 organizations, both government and non-government and academia who have come together, signed up to a program, uh, a commitment to work together for 18 months. And they're working on, at the moment, 13 projects that I would describe as horizontal projects, procedural projects, all for the purposes of trying to navigate Barriers to the adoption of digital twin capability—you know, integration of data and analysis and simulation and visualization—and as I said, for the purposes of, of growing the pie for everyone, uh, making sure there's good guidance, and it's somewhat focused on the demand side—you know, government clients and and stakeholders that we help them realize the benefits and opportunities that come with investing and acting. Uh, in digital twin and digital engineering and smart infrastructure, so let's let's just talk about the client side, the demand side, government for a moment. Graham, you're on your own journey, you know, as an organisation, and you know, GHG is a is a key player in in the supply side market side uh, marketplace, I should say. What are you hearing from the demand side? I would describe it as there is more supply than demand and we want to grow demand for for these types of solutions and opportunities for transformation what can you share with respect to the demand side particularly government and the transformation that we might need there the barriers we need to break down and the opportunities we need to create what are you seeing what do you think are potentially our biggest lifts that need to need to be sort of undertaken
1: yeah, it's an, it's an interesting question, really. I think that um, the Digital Twin Challenge for us is an opportunity to work closely with some of our, of our own client organisations in a sort of an open and collaborative way. And I think ultimately organisations like ours and professions like ours are, are really trying to, you know, we, we've got a theme in our, in our company around um, leaving a lasting community benefit. And I think, you know, the people in our business are genuinely committed to that at a personal level. So I, I think when you when you look, if you take that, put that lens on it, and you think about that and you think, well, what's that, what does that mean for the infrastructure that we see around us? I think you 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 have a, you have a group of people who actually want to create better infrastructure. Create that infrastructure at a lower cost, so that you can get more good infrastructure that actually enhances the welfare of our communities. So, if we and if we look at what's happened in other industries, and we see an improvement in efficiency, and, a, and, a, and an improvement in productivity, and an improvement in outcome as a result of it, you actually, you know, you you get people in organisations like ours who are genuinely interested in making a change. And when you look at the destination for some of this work, which is in the in our client base, then you do get clients who are kind of at all different points in that curve of adoption, if you like. And I think, you know, what, what we have experienced is a lot of people, uh, you know, implementing point solutions. So people will want to implement 3D design and You know, kind of a version of a data centric approach to something without recognizing perhaps that actually that data needs to find a home when the project goes from being built to being in operations. So, unless you take these kind of end to end views on things, it's very hard to actually make any difference because the payoff for implementing digital workflows and overall digitalization of an industry is when you actually start to to link all of these pieces together. So the the challenge is getting is just working a way to get people up the curve to actually recognize the value of doing this. So we spend a good deal of our time in that zone because there is still a lot of uncertainty, a lot of doubt. It's it, it is I guess it surfaces as doubt. You know, people just don't really know they don't really get it just yet. And I think, it, I think it will just take time for that to happen. But it is changing because we are seeing over the last year or so, the distinct recognition of the value of asset data, for example, that sits underneath a lot of this infrastructure and people thinking about how they're going to use that asset data to actually improve the performance of their infrastructure system. So I think we are seeing that, I think we are now seeing that start to accelerate. I believe it will probably accelerate quite strongly now. Accelerated, I think, to some extent by, by the, the COVID um, advent. So I'm pretty optimistic about um, where things are going. And I think probably we, we will find it harder to get, it's going to get hard to get resources to, to be
0: able to um, support that demand, I suspect. On data, Graham, my next question, you know, behind those words, digital twin, there's a range mm-hmm. of capabilities and tools and benefits that come with that. What are your hopes and aspirations for the future of the built environment? I suppose in some way, a bit of a reflection now, you've, you've been in the trenches for, for a long time in the private sector Mm -hmm. Um, We always say, you know, we want a sustainable built environment. COP26 is around the corner. You know, it's quite an interesting moment in time in Australia just this week, you know, climate policy somewhat re-emerging. What are your hopes and aspirations for the future of the built environment? Maybe, in other words, the biggest opportunities uh, for for change and transformation?
1: I think... um... Right now, if you look at the Australian marketplace, I think there's a big opportunity in the, especially, I mean, if you think back, we had, in in a lot of ways, the digital revolution was like three years ago. Then we had COVID in the last 18 months. And now we've got ESG as the, as the big driving theme. They're all related, of course, and they can all benefit from having, you know, they all kind of can play off this, of this data-centric approach, and if you think about ESG as the as the latest big theme, which I which I feel is going to be sustainable given the the, the way that capital is flowing around the world, that being able to use a, a data-centric approach in in holistic terms for the creation and operation of low-carbon uh, industries in the Australian context. Taking that advantage of our natural resources, I think, is a huge opportunity for us. You know, if you were to think about, you know, something like, why would we not create the industries of, of the future to deliver um, wholly in the context of a, of, a, of a digital twin, if you like, you know? So, you know, why, why would we not be thinking that and I think that's part of our challenge and part of our opportunity. So I'd see that as our single biggest, single biggest opportunity, and it goes all the way from uh, all of the business case work, all the way through to the optimal um, operation of it, and and through that in the in between that, creating those assets in the most cost-effective way so that we can actually scale industries like that. To the greatest extent possible, and then if you were to think about what is it, what could that mean for a country like Australia? You could—it's not that hard to think about all the associated industries that could come off that that we would have a chance to actually uh, digitise and and be very competitive in as well. So that would be my—I guess my aspiration for what we could do, Adam. Be a pretty—I think that'd be a pretty cool outcome actually for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Graham. Um, I, want, I want to sneak in a sort of a question three and a half, if I can. Um, <laughs> you know, GHD is a big house. Mm. Um, we're talking infrastructure at the moment and digitalization of that sector is ongoing. But as much as we can talk about infrastructure in-house, you know, you have architecture, you have landscape, you have <laughs> community engagement, you have social impact and social value. You've got a very diverse offering. Can you briefly share your internal digital and data journey with some of those other professions that maybe are, I don't want to describe them as analogue in a bad way, but, you know, are are, are sort of those other city-shaping professions that just don't necessarily hang out with digital and data every day of the week. Is, is there some process internally that is happening? Are you observing, you know, certain reactions to digital and data from some of those disciplines that may not readily resonate, we'll hang out with it at all, if that makes sense?
1: Mm. You know, it's interesting. I, I think, I think that um, it's almost an individual uh, thing. I, I don't think digital, I don't think that, Um, disciplines as such are more or less digitally enhanced or enabled. I think individuals have a preference. Um, If I reflect on our own organisation and I think about, you know, you mentioned um, community and stakeholder engagement. If I think about that, or environment that's that's another, another good area, you wouldn't naturally think of them as being High on the digital list, but the amount of um, interest and engagement and effort that we put into um, digitizing those processes so that they can be optimal is is um, it's you know it's it's surprising. You would think a lot of it would be around, say, digital engineering and digital construction and those types of things. But it's, there's just as much interest and drive to do it, and think about how you can do it in a way uh, for the, the 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 things that tie the human element into the world of infrastructure, and I and maybe maybe that's the that's part of the part of the the trick here that you know our our um, our mental model of this we've got we've got 10 elements in our mental model we treat each of those elements as the key functional areas of the infrastructure world equally and we look at each of them through a digital lens I I wouldn't I would see them all and they all share that common that common or connected data um, approach they all leverage the same data they all and they all repurpose it for different activities but they are, they are kind of all living off that one common vision of 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 optimizing things in the digital world before you uh, make the step into the physical world and hopefully we're just going to get better at looking further ahead so that we can avoid problems completely in the future of all of whatever functional area that you're thinking about you know we can optimize all of them that would be the hope
0: Well, for a random question I threw in there, I love the response and (laughs) and, it really resonated. And and it gives me uh, a a lot of buoyancy in in sort of optimism uh, with respect to sort of digital and data really permeating um, all all our respective roles and responsibilities regardless of discipline. So um, I appreciate that. So... Graham, final question now. this is this is a bit of a fast forward question. I, I want to try and get you to place yourself three years uh, three years from now. Um, so digital twin, yeah, digital twins, digital twin, there's there's certain things that are going on. We're defining it, we're redefining it. There's the haters, the lovers, mm-hmm. everyone everyone in between, uh, like many new uh, at times emerging approaches and trends, you know, people plotted on the, you know, the Gartner hype cycle. And, you know, in 12 months, it'll be a flash in the pan that's over. Um, But let's look forward three years. Where do you think you and GHD Digital might be at with Digital Twin and those relevant support mechanisms around it and what value it's delivering to your clients, to your stakeholders? So three years isn't too far out it's kind of tangible it's there but equally in the digital and data world that can that can be very very much a long time as well
1: yeah I, I think of digital twins as a time machine um, I think about it as a way of predicting the future interestingly you know it's so it's probably a, it's a parallel response to your to your question I think Adam the I, w- I would see that if you think about an organisation and the complexity that they're going into, they have to deliver their assets into a much more complex world than they had to deliver only say ten years ago. I mean, if you you know ten years ago, maybe we started to see the emergence of triple bottom line as a as a measure. You know, sort of maybe. In that period, anyway, it was just mm. sort of starting. Now, it's front and centre. Mm. Now, I I would see that in three years' time, we will be able to, we will be responding to our clients, we'll be responding positively to our clients who are trying to optimise the value of what they create based on an ability to be able to honestly predict what the outcome of their investments are going to be across most of the key areas of the of what they what their success is measured by and they'll know that from the start they'll know what outcomes they're going to get and they'll be able to work towards those uh they, you know, they'll be able to build towards that they'll be able to set up their um interactions towards that, they'll be able to resource towards that. and And so, I think it will give them an ability to be able to look into the future of their of their of their assets um, and, and, you know, and optimize so, and I believe we'll be delivering that in um, yeah, you know, I think we will be delivering that to to leading clients, you know clients, you know you always get people on the curve mm, of mm. adoption. I think we'll be delivering that to the early adopters. In three years' time, uh, and I, yeah, I think it's it's within our grasp.
0: Yeah, well, um, I certainly support asp- an aspiration like that. I think we've uh, we, we've got a sense of urgency we need to address, and I, I like the, the three year time frame. It's it's mm. somewhat tangible, so I like the sound of that, Graham, And um, certainly, um, fingers crossed that uh, we we do get to get to a place like that. It's been great chatting with you. Um, I loved uh, hearing the story of where you guys are at as an organisation, what you're doing, ideas and aspirations. Love having you and an organisation like GHD part of the Digital Twin Challenge. So we're looking forward to the next 12 months on that front. But for now, we need to bring things to a close. And I wanted to thank you so much for joining us on the Smart Cities Chronicles. Thanks so much, Graham. Pleasure, Adam. Nice to be with you. Thank you. And for our listeners, uh, that was Graeme Henderson, who heads up GHD Digital. If you're not subscribing to the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast, you should do so. Head to your favourite podcast platform. You'll find us there. You can also head to our website, smartcitieschronicles.com, for all the good information about the podcast and how to get in touch with us. My name is Adam Beck, the host of The Chronicles. We look forward to talking to you again soon with another guest. Everyone stay safe. Thank you.